ガンダムだ俺がガンダムだ Welcome to Buildcasters, a Gundam podcast of some sort. I'm the Macabre Chap, and I'm joined by Joe, with your boy Sentai Five, as usual. How's it going, everybody? And we're joined by a guest today. Why don't you introduce yourself? Greetings and salutations, cool cats and cuties. My name is David Jeffrey Majors, but you can call me DJM. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you guys so much for having me on Buildcasters. It's really, really a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Anytime, seriously. We've been、uh, looking to have a guest on the podcast sometime soon. So, <laughs> oh, oh, am I your first guest? Am I your first guest? You are yeah, indeed our first guest. Oh, man. Oh, man. No pressure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So today. On... They say it kind of hurts the first time, but, but it gets easier after that. So I'll, I'll、yeah. do the best I can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on here. I've been listening to APOS for longer than I can remember. So, yeah. Oh, like, thank you. Thank you. No problem. No problem. Oh, and it's in season two. Ah, yes.、Uh, well, for everyone out there that enjoys the anime podcast of some sort, and it's in season,、uh, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later. But let's, let's talk about the Gundams, guys. Let's talk about the Gundams. Absolutely. <laughs> so, today on Buildcasters, what we're going to be doing, what you've all been waiting for, is we're going to be reviewing Gundam Double O. But first, yes, Double O. How do you feel about Double O, DJM? I will say point blank Gundam Double O is without question my favorite Gundam series that is an alternate universe series. Depending on the、yeah. day, depending when you ask me, It might be my favorite Gundam series of them all, depending on when you ask me, depending on my mood, depending on the day. It might be second to Zeta Gundam, depending on the day, but it might be first. But it's, it's very, very high up there for me. And、uh, I would almost say that on my personal all time top five, just of all of anime, it's, it's somewhere in the top three. It's,、wow. it's Gundam Double O is an anime that I hold very near and dear to my heart. It is, it is a true personal favorite of mine. That is some high praise indeed. Before I get into the review, I will say that Double O also switches between being my favorite, it frequently switches between Double O and Build Cast, Build Dive,、uh, Build Fighters. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> so much build. It should be a Gundam series. <laughs> yeah, it should be. <laughs> Can I wear a mask? Absolutely. Oh, you're going to take the role of the mask character? Somebody has to be the guy to wear the mask and threaten to blow up、yeah. the earth. I'll do it. <laughs> Or drop some colonies, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, today on Buildcasters, first of all, what we're going to do is we're going to go over some Gundam news and then we're going to get into the main topic of Double O. All right. How's that、Sweet. sound? Amazing, as usual. Okay, so first up on the news,
we have an item concerning the live-action Gundam movie from Sunrise and Legendary Entertainment. So apparently, um, during an interview with Weekly Playboy, uh, Yasuo Miyakawa, the president of Sunrise, revealed some new details about the movie. He said that he's aware of fan criticisms of the live-action production, and that fans will be worried that the movie will be a um, Gundam movie in name only. What do you guys think about this? I'm kind of, I guess I'm kind of indifferent about it. The way they make it sound, it seems like they're not trying to adapt anything that's already been done in the anime. It seems like they're trying to do something completely original, but at the same time, I feel like it's just more for like the characters to try to make them more, I guess, up to date in a way. So I don't know. It feels like it's going either either way. What about you guys? I'm going to go ahead and say that I... I'm not looking forward to this at all. <laughs> I am so over the idea of live action adaptations of anime properties. I feel like anime fans everywhere have been asking forever for people to stop doing this. And yet it keeps happening because some Hollywood screenwriter or developer thinks that they can do this and adapt it for right. the, the rest of the world and then we end up with what was essentially g savior and, <laughs> i'm trying to make and, sure we don't have another g savior this time around do i even need to mention <laughs> the likes of dragon ball evolution please don't oops. oh god no <laughs> I mean, quite frankly, this is just a terrible idea on so many levels. I have no faith, and I'm saying this will probably go into Gundam history alongside the likes of the Doozy Bots. And okay. when it's all said and done, uh, the, the less we talk about it, the better. I'm, I'm not oh excited. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> You have to mention. Yeah, you have I, to, you I have said to doozy, doozy bots. bots. I said Man. doozy bots. That's right. Oh boy, that, that's a, that's a hole in someone's heart right there. That is definitely a hole in someone's <laughs> heart. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, so Miyakawa went on to say that um, the Gundam movie will avoid simple military characters and focus on normal people in extraordinary contexts, which is a roundabout way of saying they're not going to be adapting UC, which is kind of a massive shame. Yeah, that's that's what that's the part that got to me because I was like, wait, so they're not they're not doing first Gundam then? I don't know what they're trying to do out of this. You know, it, it sounds it like, like it's going to be. It's going to be an original story. It's going to yeah, be a use from what it sounds like. Oh boy. I think that's a, that's a little risky because the Gundam, I feel like the Gundam uh, fandom in the US or at least like overseas, it yeah, it's still it's still pretty rich, but like you want to attract like the common moviegoers at the same time as well, you know? Is this like the kind of way they, they is this the kind of like path they should go down or should well, they Well, may, maybe if it's a standalone movie if yeah, it's a standalone depends. movie with its own story, it'll be right. easier for people to be interested in. It kind kind of what was the point of the the AU project in general, instead of having this yeah. giant franchise of the Universal Century for people to get into. Oh, yeah. They have one show that they can enjoy, and if they like it, they can dig a little deeper. If this yeah. movie is an original idea, and if it's not 
what I'm expecting it to be. Maybe it'll be the same idea. Yeah, only time will tell, really. I feel like um, they could even, like, you know how uh, Reconquista and G uh, is pretty much like a distant future of the universal, the universal century? I feel like they could, like, probably do something like that if they really wanted to somehow make it fit in the universal century timeline down the line, I guess. I guess they could do, but um, wasn't G Savior like set in the far flung reaches of the future of the Universal Century? Yeah, and then they, I think they uh, retconned that. They just said in the end, after years later, <laughs> it was an alternate version of the Universal Century or something like that. Yeah, it doesn't count. It doesn't. Yeah, count. It doesn't count. <laughs> I mean, I was initially cautiously optimistic, but um, after this recent interview, I've just thrown all of that cautious optimism away. To be perfectly honest. Yeah. Because I was hoping for an uh, um, adaptation of the original 79 Kiddos Senshi Gundam, especially because I haven't seen any of the UC anime. So I was hoping to use it kind of as like an entry point really? into the UC story. Man. Yeah, I haven't seen any of it. You got to watch Zeta, oh. man. Zeta's Zeta. So start with Zeta. Yeah, you, don't, you, don't even re- you don't really have to start with the original Gundam. You can start with Zeta, go really? forwards or backwards. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because like... I mean, obviously, there's there's original ca- there's the characters from the original show, just like a few years older. But you don't really need to watch the original Gundam to know who they are and what they what they're doing and stuff. Oh, okay. I, I've always told people that the the two Gundam series, uh, almost like a flowchart that that I mm-hmm. tell people to start off with, is either Double O or Zeta. Okay. And you can pretty yeah. much see how you feel from there. Just don't start with Unicorn because you'll be very confused. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Unicorn, you have to at least watch Shar's counterattack. <laughs> oh yeah, because that reveals some of the juicy yeah, plot points. Yeah, finally follows up on that. Thank yeah. God. What I was gonna say is that um, with uh, Universal Century, as soon as I'm done with IBO, I'm probably gonna jump right into it. So I'll start off with the original Seventy Nine Gundam and then work yeah. my way on from there. Okay. Nice. Okay. Yeah, so. I, I found myself rewatching a few episodes of Zeta okay. a few weeks ago back. So I was like, oh, damn, this is such a good show. So it definitely holds up. Oh, yes. yeah, for I, sure. For I sure. rewatched it for the first time about maybe a year and a half ago. It's it's still great. It's really awesome. I, I love the music to it, too. It's like, it's great. The, do- the dogfight music. Oof. Perfect. So, what we're going to go on to next is our next news item. So, um, ASICS, a Japanese footwear brand, and London-based sneaker store Foot Patrol are teaming up to release a Gundam-inspired sneaker based on the ASICS Gel Saga shoe that originally was released in 1991. Um, Retailing for £115... Uh, which is like $151 and some change. The sneakers, which come in a cream, white, and blue mobile suit-inspired colorway, um, were released in Foot Patrol's London and Paris locations on yesterday, July 28th, and will be more widely available on Foot Patrol's online store on August the 11th. Um, David, have you had a chance to look at these? What did you think? Uh, I actually think these are pretty cool. The Nike Air Max 98 Gundam. Actually has a pretty oh, yeah. cool look to it. Yeah. This one actually has yeah. a pretty cool look. Yeah. It kind of reminds me in some ways like a brand new shoe that came out from Puma for Sonic the Hedgehog and it has the the blue look 
and yep. the the blue color here is really really nice. However, Carl, however, I, I I guarantee that there is going to be somebody out there that will want a char red. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. <laughs> Ain't nothing like yeah. the red comet. It, these are these aren't bad. These aren't bad. Yeah, I think they look really nice to be honest, and I kind of wish they were available to pre-order in the U.S. Can you not get them in the U.S.? I don't know. I haven't seen. I've looked for them on like U.S. sites. I haven't seen anything. Okay. It only Doesn't just leads like me. It, no. Yeah, it only leads me back to Foot Patrol. So that sucks. Yeah, um, I wish I, I had the uh, the Air Maxes too. Mm, I wish I had those. Oh, I wish I had copped a pair of the um, Air Maxes, but because I don't actually live that far from where Foot Patrol is, it's like twenty minutes on the subway. Um, I'm gonna actually go and cop a pair of these uh, in person <laughs> at some point. There you go. Do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah. I'll take copious amounts of photos and post them on the Billcasters account as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, next up, what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about some Gunpla. Everybody loves the Gunpla. Those crazy, kooky plastic models. Uh, so in Gunpla news. There is one upcoming HGBD release, which is the Gundam Love Phantom, that launches in October 18 for 2200 yen. Gentlemen, have you managed to look at this? And if so, what do you think about it? Of course. Uh, funny thing is, I thought like this one was based on the Death Scythe, just uh, upon like first impression, even from the show as well. But then like I just actually like searched it up on the Gundam Wiki, and apparently it's based. It's also based off of um, the Strike Freedom. Yep. So. Primarily, I'm yeah. I'm a little uh, dumbfounded on that. I I can tell you that in the early 2000s, when Toonami was at its biggest in the U.S. and Gundam Wing <laughs> was huge, this yeah. would have been super popular because it yeah. it definitely has that Death Scythe motif, but the yeah. the color uh, is similar but not identical to the Epion Gundam. Yeah, and those were the oh, two. Yeah. Like really cool, edgy Gundams, and around that time when Gundam Wing was ultra popular, this would have sold so well. Probably, yeah. Like, I mean, the Epion's colorway or color scheme is just beautiful. You know that, like, almost pinkish red. Yeah. Yeah. So next, uh, we've got a SD Gundam cross silhouette release, and this is the Double O uh, Diver Race. Releasing in October 18 for a thousand yen. Gentlemen, any thoughts or not really? Um, I don't know really. I'm not really I, into I feel like a thousand yen is about worth, is about yeah. right for a price. Yeah. I'm looking at this and saying, yeah, I, I, would, I would put down a thousand yen, which is about eight dollars for this. Yeah, that's about right. Okay, cool. <laughs> and then we've got a bunch of other releases. There's the P But no more. Yeah, no more. I agree. Uh, so we've got a bunch of other releases. We've got the P Bandai Heavy Gundam uh, rollout color, which is October 18 for 2200 yen. We've got the HGUC Narrative Gundam, uh, November 18, and the price is to be confirmed. We've got the HGUC RX0 Unicorn Gundam, 03 Phoenix version with a gold coating, 
and that's November 18 for 5,400 yen. My goodness. Then we've got the St. Andrew Stein, which is October 18 for 2,600 yen. We got the P Bandai MG 100, 1100 Gundam Avalanche Exia North American release, September 18 for $77. Wow. And we've got the high resolution model 1100 Gundam Astray Red Frame, which releases in November 18 and is priced at 13,000 yen. 13,000 yen? What? Jeez, that better so, be yeah. some high-quality piece right there. Let me take a look well, at this real quick. It, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, it looks It looks very... This looks very detailed. Yeah. This looks yeah. very detailed. Yeah, definitely. I'm, <laughs> I'm starting to see. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah 13,000 yen, yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can see how much work this was, yeah. Yeah. Look, look at that. Look at that inner frame. It's crazy. Upon examination, 13,000 yen seems about right, actually. Yeah. Plus, it's a P Bandai release, so you know it's going to be uh, a little pricey. Yeah. P Bandai. This might be a good one. People off. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on any of the other kits? Yeah. The Phoenix uh, Unicorn Gundam 303. Oof. Mm-hmm. That so looks beautiful. pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, the narrative Gundam. I'm looking at the narrative Gundam and I'm just kind of like, what yeah. is this? What is it? It's, it's too- almost like. It's almost like the Devil Gundam from G Gundam, but yeah. it's, it's all, but it's also like the Unicorn Gundam. Yeah, right. Um, I said this in the first episode we recorded. I said like the narrative Gundam kind of gives off like the unicorn and almost a stargazer kind of vibe, just without the whole like back ring to it. Yeah, it's very it's very skinny on the arms. That's what's kind of like bugging me a lot about it. But the whole um, the whole mobile armor aspect to it is pretty nice though. Yeah, what I was going to say is that I read some notes online the other time when I was doing a bit, a little, little bit of research, and the narrative mm-hmm. Gundam is actually a prototype for the new Gundam from um, Charles Counterattack. Ah, that's where okay. it fits into the story. Interesting, and it, and this takes place after Charles Counterattack. Correct. Which is even more interesting. Correct. Nice. So yeah. Nice. That Gundam NT comes out November, right? Somewhere around yes. there, I think. Yeah. 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 So, now that we've finished the news, uh, we're going to get into what you've all been waiting for. Gundam Double O. So, Gundam wait, Double O. Wait, this isn't for Doozy Bots? <laughs> no, uh, no, no, it's not. This is, this is Doozy Bots Double O. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> David, since you are our illustrious guest, why don't you basically go straight in um what did you think of the series overall i loved it i love gundam double o as i said at the beginning it is my favorite au gundam series without question it is depending on when you ask me my favorite gundam series of them all depending on the day depending on how i'm feeling about zeta and I'll even go so far as to say that this particular series, Mobile Suit Gundam Double O, has one particular character that I might even call a waifu. And she might even be a waifu for laifu. Sumeragi, huh? Yep, that, that's my girl. That's my girl. <laughs> We're going to have to fight. Uh, yeah, That's Ashton's, my go-to. Uh, cleans her, too. 
<laughs> Do you have a wall middle. scroll? No. Oh, oh my god! That's Wait, you have a Sumeragi wall scroll? I have a Sumeragi wall scroll, sir. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my god! Wow! This is too good. Your devotion to Sumeragi knows no bounds. I concede to you, gentle, kind gentleman. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I will tweet out photos later. Uh, please call oh, me DJ. Oh, wow. Please do. <laughs> I need a Setsuna FCA wall scroll. He's my god. <laughs> he pretty much became a god. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, pretty much. But more on that later. So, Fives, yeah. what did you think of Double O overall? I, oh, man... I first watched it when it was first and when it like first aired. Crazy to think it was over ten years ago now. It felt like it was yesterday, and it's still. I was watching the uh, the special edition movies the past like few days just to like give a give myself a refresher because okay. I haven't really re- rewatched it since it aired. Unless you count like the English dub, I guess, because that came like right after. But um, it still holds up for me, and it's probably my favorite series so far. Uh, great characters, great story. Um, the action is just top notch. That's what happens when you have armed interventions. You know, it's crazy. I still like my favorite fight. I think is probably the final fight between Setsuna and Ribbon, maybe, or the Double O Gundam's first like launch when it uh, almost got shot at when it was in the uh, the launch the launch pad, and it just used the twin drive system to like disperse the GM particles and. Uh, just like stop the beams from hitting the cockpit. It's pretty cool. That was dope. Yeah. Uh, so me next. Um, Gundam Double is an anomaly for me in that when I first watched it, I liked it, but I wasn't like super keen on it. Um, I my real love for it grew when I rewatched it this year. Um, for me, it's definitely like top two Gundam in general um it's definitely in my top 10 anime of all time um i think the reason why i loved it so much is because it was so story driven like so plot driven um obviously the characters suffer a little bit in season two and we'll come into it but it has a clearly defined plot you know what's gonna happen and the plot is just excellent to be perfectly honest, and the designs, boy, the designs, aesthetically, is my favourite Gundam series, apart from that one Gundam from Gundam Wing that I rant and rave about every single episode, but you know, you know what I'm talking about, Buildcasters fan. Which which one is that, huh? <laughs> the Wing <laughs> Gundam EW, otherwise known as the Wing Gundam Verkar, designed by the incomparable Hajime Kentoki. I need a Hujime Kotoki wall scroll, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Um, So what we're going to do next is first we're going to discuss and tear apart um, season one. Then we're going to go into season two and then we're going to talk about the movie. Sound all right, guys? Yeah, absolutely. So why not? Let's do it. So DJM, hit me. Season one. Go. Season one of Mobile Suit Gundam 00 introduces us to three major world powers, and they all have technology called orbital elevators that allows that allows human beings to go into space and use perpetual energy from the sun. And of course, yeah. since this is Gundam, they don't all necessarily get along with one another. <laughs> right. However, 
we are introduced to a paramilitary group called Celestial Being, a privately contracted organization under the philosophy of Dr. Ayola Schenberg, uh, for, for the folks at home. That is the most pronounceable of the unpronounceable Gundam names in this franchise. Uh, Ayola <laughs> what's, the plot twist on, what's the plot twist on him? He's alive. Kind of dead at the same time. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Technically, he was alive because he's technically uh, he's alive, uh, even though he's supposed to be over two hundred years, years old. Yeah, he's technically alive. Also, was... for the for the first time in Gundam history, Double O was the only Mobile Suit Gundam series that took place in this time in our time universe. Line. Yep, AD, that's right. Anno Domini. Anno Domini. And it happened in two hundred years from now. Three hundred years from now. It's going to happen. So we all have to find Dr. Schenberg and make yeah. sure that we can all go into cryo sleep for 200 years so we can actually see real life mobile suits. So one thing that really strikes me about season one of Double O um, is how topical it was for the time. So obviously it was made in a post 9-11 world. And yes. like the diff, the, obviously the war between the... Um, between the different powers, the Human Reef Lorm League, the Union, and the Advanced European Union was kind of an analogue for the War on Terror, or as some of us know, the War or, the war for Oil. Um, how do you guys feel that Double O handled um, those topical themes? I think, uh, for me, first of all, it, it really... Uh, I love that they made Setsuna the main character, uh, and the fact yeah, that he too. was Middle Eastern. This was a Middle Eastern character from a Middle Eastern country who was used as a child soldier in a holy war. Uh, given the time, that's super on the nose and wildly yeah. appropriate. So credit to Sunrise for going there the way they did. I remember when I first watched Gundam 00 and the subtitles were still kind of janky and they actually said that he was from Kurdistan. And not yeah. the fictional country of Krujus. And right. that made it even more interesting that, whoa, Setsuna's from Kurdistan? What's going to happen with Kurdistan? Because for people that don't know, Kurdistan is a state within a state that is a part of the nation of Iraq. But it is quasi-autonomous. Correct. Uh, the Kurds have yes. their own people, their own culture, but it is in a part of northern Iraq. Yep. And given that this took place in our timeline AD, it kind of made you think what's going to happen. But no, it was just some messed up subtitles back in the day because th this was long before subtitles were really, really good. This is before the Gundam channel officially subtitled their stuff. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, this is like, you needed like some fan subs and stuff, whatever groups were around at that time. Um, in terms of the um, how topical Double O was, um, I feel it was perfect. To be perfectly honest, they handled the themes. It was on, it was very on the nose, as DJM said, but they handled it with a sensitivity and a, like a biting amount of realism as well. I think that's what I really enjoyed about it. Like the way they handled it was really realistic. Like you can imagine this. You can take the events of Double O. You could obviously transpose it onto our world that doesn't have um, giant mechanical um, war machines, and 
it could be in reality a very real story it was pretty clear that you could tell which countries were supposed to be the united states oh yeah or yeah, which countries yeah. were supposed to be russia or or the mm -hmm. eastern countries like china or japan and in one way they weren't subtle about it but it was it was clear and overt in a good way yeah uh, they weren't like some Gundam series sometimes do, beating you over the head with the symbolism until much later in the series that you you get that later. But it put things in a good perspective, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I say so. I mean, even Double topics, you could even um, transpose them onto modern day with the um, Arab Spring and the war in Syria and so on and forth, so on and so forth. I mean, like, it's been 10 years, but double O um, topic, like, how topical it is, still resonates to this very day. It was definitely with the times, for sure, even yeah. back then. Even now. Definitely. Even now, it's yeah, still relevant. Yeah, even now, it's still, yeah, it still holds up. For sure. Um, yeah, it, like, it, it does take some pretty, like, real-life issues and uh, puts its Gundam spin on it, even though still staying grounded yeah. to it. So... Um, the characters, how do you guys feel about how the various factions are portrayed in season one? Hmm. You know. I will say that for me, uh, the thing that I always tell people when people ask me, DJM, what Gundam series should I watch first? And 99 times out of 100, I'll tell them, watch Gundam 00. Because what I normally say to them is that it's Gundam Wing, but better. And it's Gundam, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The first point that I make with that is the characters. I feel like the Gundam Meisters are a more defined, more likable version of the five Gundam pilots from Gundam Wing. Setsuna yeah. F. Seye is very obviously Hero. influenced by Hiro Yui. Yeah. Uh, I would say Lock-On Stratus has a little bit of Duo Maxwell in him. Tieria Arde is... Wufei Chang, and you can only do so much with a character like that. Thankfully, <laughs> over time, Tieria does get a little bit better. He's yeah, little yeah. Bit better. I used and, to not like Tieria in the beginning. I used to hate him. And then no, nobody better. liked Tieria. Nobody. Yeah, liked yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for a while, the most interesting character, almost right away, of the Gundam Meisters is Alleluia Haptism, yep. because oh, yeah. he has this really interesting backstory almost from the mm -hmm. jump. And yeah. like I said, the Gundam Meisters are really, really interesting fleshed out characters almost from go. And even with the, the one particular Gundam Meister luck on Stratus going from season one to season two, mm -hmm. th they do a thing that at the time was definitely a topic of debate, but in yeah. the end, it does not turn out as terrible as you might think. Yeah. And yeah. as far as the Gundam Maestros go, I really liked them as characters. Uh, Celestial Being, I liked pretty much all of them. Uh, I think some of them weren't as fleshed out as they could have been, and some were. Uh, the, and that's why the they died in the first season. <laughs> right. And... <laughs> Well, even some of them in season two could have gotten a little. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, as far as the the Earth Sphere factions, uh, I think that some were better than others. I think that one character in particular, Graham Aker, I think in the Gundam universe, I think he's really underrated. He is super I believe underrated. He 
showed yeah, the a lot of evolution and growth in especially in the, really especially important. in the movie especially in the yes. movie yeah i was like wow i actually like graham acre now <laughs> and i would be remiss if i did not talk about the forgotten hero of gundam double Smirnoff. are you saying colonel smirnoff yeah colonel smirnoff yeah patrick colasauer Patrick? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm kidding. He's kidding. He's kidding. It's, 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 Patrick was fun. <laughs> he was there a funny need, guy. There needs to be a comic relief character in, in Gundam. So yeah. I was okay with Patrick. I was yeah. okay with him. He made it into Build Divers. So He's in okay. every single episode of Build Divers. Every so episode in the background. Every yeah, last episode, episode he got bit by a dog. It was hilarious. Of course he did. <laughs> so, Five, same question to you, my friend. Characters, right? We're talking yep. about characters, correct? Yeah, for the most part, I really did like the characters, and the Gundam Meisters were really, were really something. You know, they, if they like had like some kind of like unique. I don't, I don't want to say made, that made them broken, but like they had like some unique kind of past to them, and I like how Setsuna and Lockon's past, well, Neil Delandy, uh, they were kind of intertwined. Yeah, belong to the Gorilla Group. Yeah, that uh, killed Lock on his sister. So yeah. I thought that was like some good tension, even though they got rid of that tension within like within that instant. Yeah, that was so, dealt with way too quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think because like Lock on really is like the most mature out of them, so he's just like, you know, I have he sets as my t- teammate no matter what. You know, what happened in the past, like I could find my own way to deal with it, but he's my teammate. Uh, but he was pretty mad. Yeah, he, he was, was really. Yeah, he was mad. But he's like, I can't let. He's in a way he can't let that get to him from completing the the bigger mission. Yeah. Yet still, he was arguably the most risky because um he let oh, yeah. his first for vengeance get his ass killed. So, yeah. <sighs> no man. Led to the to what probably the saddest moment me actually where where were you when you saw a gundam pilot die die halfway into the series yeah she my jaw dropped i was like oh my god i kind of saw it coming because like in the episode before he like he got got his injury and everything so i was like oh he's only got one he can only see through one eye now it's something's not gonna end up well yeah well lock on's death was um Good preparation for the emotional fuck shit I'm about to encounter um, in IBO. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, you're not you're not prepared for this one. Oh, uh, maybe yeah. you are. Maybe you are. But IBO is so DJM. Have you seen IBO? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, it was not quite Victory Gundam, but it was up there for sure. It was Almost. yeah, for sure. I can't listen to the last um ending theme because of like the body count to that song. <laughs> It's so it's so sad. But yeah, back onto the double O. Um, in terms of the characters, what strikes me about double O is that because it's such a plot driven series, you're kind of like in awe of how well developed the characters are. Like, um, obviously we still we see like um the portray we we see Setsuna's backstory, um, how it's built, like his past as a child soldier, how it's built him into the like character that he is today. Like obviously all of that trauma would have taken a psychological um, toil on him. And that kind of explains why he's embraced um, this stoicism 
and the ideals of the Gundam, as it were. Like he literally wants to become an uh, become a Gundam, not like the mechanical, um, not a mechanical being, but like what the uh, Gundam um, metaphorically represents. If you yeah. see what I mean, and he then wants oh, to yeah. become a symbol. He wants to be <laughs> corruptible, <laughs> just like Batman. Just like Batman. Setsuna Fsuei is Batman. You heard it here first, folks. But yeah, um, on to Alleluia Haptism. Again, um, that he is also a character um, where there has been like a... With him, like the way in which he's written is a very realistic um, um, portrayal of the mental trauma he would have um, faced... Um, he would have encountered as a result of um, the, ex the experimentation that he went through in the Super Soldier program of the Human Reform League. And hallelujah, his um, sort of sadistic alter ego um, arising is a really, really realistic representation of multiple personality disorder and um, mental illness. And it's really handled with care. I think it's really, really handled with care for an anime anyway yeah definitely yeah him and soma pyrrhus or marie parfacy um they're pretty much like this version of gundam's um cyber new types which is pretty cool and he's like a main he's a main gundam pilot too i thought that was really cool uh, what i was going to say uh just to go on with what uh chap said a second ago is with hallelujah his alternate personality how it's a a really good portrayal of a split personality and yeah. and mental trauma uh, on anime standards at the very least. Absolutely. Uh, one other character from Celestial Being, uh, Sumeragi, Lee Noriega. Uh, her, mm -hmm. the portrayal of her and her trauma from her past uh, driving her to alcoholism is extremely well done. Yes. That's, real, that's that, so realistic. <laughs> that, that was one of the things about that character that I found so compelling and how in one way she's this excellent tactical commander and commands the ship and everyone respects her but at the same time she's barely able to function without a drink and that's <laughs> and so many times in anime someone that drinks a lot is portrayed in a comedic light and this was not the case and that that was something Gundam 00 did really really well really really well Completely yeah, agree with you on that one. <laughs> um, lock on. Say I'm a fan of him. His, but his recklessness is something I do hold against him, and makes me dislike the character a little bit. Um, so yeah. Uh, Graham Aker is great. Patrick Colas Sawa, I'm a massive fan of. I think he's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Like especially his flirtations with um Cutty Mannequin as well. Yeah, I, I feel like in he got the girl on the ways, I definitely relate to Kati Manikin on, on that level. <laughs> some ways, he's he's really annoying. But yeah. At the same time, I I do like him. Or just I, you know what? You're you're an idiot, but I can't help but like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like um, when I was funny enough when I was watching um Double O Kati Manikin, like kind of reminds me of my girlfriend somewhat because um i'm like in that relationship i'm very much like the joker the trickster 
always ready to play jokes and like she just has none of it whatsoever <laughs> so yeah that's funny actually i'm always go. getting told off always <laughs> but yeah um so next we're gonna go on to season two so fives do you want to hit us with just like a quick outline of season two and then we'll go into some further discussion yeah so celestial being has fallen uh at the end of the first season they all ejected their GN drives and all that stuff. They got messed up by the, um, what was it, the GNXs, right? Yeah, the Jinxes. I think. The Jinxes? All basically, right. what happens at the end of Season 1 is that Ribbons, Olmark, and his band of innovators in inverted... Innovate. In, in, well, yeah, I'm going to call them the innovators because that's <laughs> what they think they are. Innovators in air yeah, quotes. Um, they yeah. <laughs> leak the GN drive technology to the various world superpowers, and then the various world superpowers use them to create GN drive towels, which are imitation GN drives, which emit red yeah. um, GN particles. But yeah, fives, continue, please. And they they shucked up the Gundams, so Celestial, of course, lock on Stratos with his dri- uh, drive for revenge against Aliyah Sanchez. He uh, dies in a valiant effort to try to stop him. But that was like, I guess, like the really huge pushing factor for all the gun, the, for, all, for the rest of the Meisters. Yeah. But all, at the same time, that was like a huge falling point. That's when they really fell apart right there. Yeah. And so Alejandro Corner had his uh, mobile suit. I forgot the name of it. But uh, Cessna used, you know, Exia's advantage with the swords and everything. They kill him. And that was it. And then we we time skip four years later, which is something we really don't really see in the middle of a, a Gundam series because Double O is obviously two seasons, one, the same series, but that time skip was pretty cool. So Setsuna is still doing so like still doing work on the on the on the DL with his XE repair, which is absolutely beautiful. Even though like function wise, it's kind of crappy. Yeah. So. He rescues Saji Crossroad from, be, yeah, from being killed off on that working colony facility. I forgot the name of it because they thought he was with um, Cataron. Catheron, yeah, yeah. And so Saji gets inter- intertwined with Celestial Being now, and he gets pissed when he finds out Setsna, his acquaintance friend, I guess, is part of Celestial Being, and that kind of like puts the tension between them for the first like few episodes. And then he eventually, I guess just joins celestial being cause he kind of has no choice. So that's what happens in the beginning. And then, uh, everybody, the whole band gets back together. Um, Tieria finds Setsuna and his exedia repair pretty much all about to be killed off almost. And then, you know, Setsuna gets the double O Gundam. Uh, they recruit Neil Delandy's brother Lyle to become the next lock on Stratos. Yep. Uh, Alleluia is in, um, I think he's, he's on a, he, I think he was on a colony. No, he's in prison. I think he was, a, was it on a space colony or was it on earth? I think, no, it was on it was earth. On, I think it was on a prison ship or something. It, it was, oh, it was on a ship on yeah, earth. It was on a ship. It was, yeah. Oh, it was on earth. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they have to rescue him and give him the Arios. So it took a few episodes to get everybody back together, but it was nice. And they really had to drag Sumeraki. She did not yeah, want to come back. She did. She, yeah. They literally had to drag her, put her back into, into sobriety. Um, what we neglected to mention is that between season one and season two, um, the 
three Earth superpowers have all joined together and become oh, yes. the Earth Federation. And then they now have a um, unified military as well. So Aeolia's um, first goal, the first goal of Aeolia Schenberg's plan to unite the Earth and end all war has basically come to pass. Um, so yeah. what happens is that um, when Celestial Bina rises, the um, Earth Sphere Federation um, create a secret police that only report to the higher... Um, to the upper echelons of the Earthsphere government, and they're called the Allors. And the majority of season two's plot is um, focused on battling on celestial being doing battle with the Allors, who um, operate with basically, well, they're basically supposed to protect the Earthsphere and stop a war, but in reality, they're there to crush political dissent. Um, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, it's like a it's like a parallel to the Titans from um, Zeta Gundam, pretty yeah, much. Pretty much. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, that's the only thing I take out of them, really. As I've said, if if there are two Gundam series that I tell everyone to watch first, it's Double O <laughs> and Zeta Gundam, and you'll yeah. you'll definitely see the the parallel. And yeah, definitely. It's it's not a bad thing by any means. They they do it well. Right, I, I agree too. Um, and all while this is going on, what people don't realize is that the um, innovators or the innovates, as they really are, behind the scenes are pulling all the strings. And Ribbon Allmark, Ribbon's Allmark, is actually the true chess master who um, who says that his goal is to carry out Eolia Schenberg's plan in um, in air quotes. But really, what he wants to do is control humanity for himself. Yes. <laughs> exactly, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, season yeah. two guys, in general, what did you think? DJM? I remember uh, on the internet at the time season two of Gundam Double came out. The first mm-hmm. thing that I remember was People were so upset that Luck on Stratus yeah. had this heroic death. And then yeah. they just bring in his brother. And then they just go on like it never happened. And yeah. as the series went on and played on, it was kind of like, okay, they're not the same guy. And they, no, they made not. a pretty concerted effort to show that uh, even though they're brothers and they look alike, they weren't the same character. Also, right. Alleluia and Soma Pyrrhus, they get together, they, they reunite uh, from their days as kids from the Super Soldier program, and they become besties and, and a little bit more than besties. And oh, yeah, definitely. We, we, <laughs> we go forward with that. And yeah. I would say that I'm glad that there were three certain characters from season one that were put aside uh, in favor of Ribbons, the Innovates, and the Allies. Uh, a couple of, uh, or, or rather a trio of characters that showed up in the latter part of season one. I did not care oh, for them yeah. very much. Oh boy. Tr- the and, Trinity and, and siblings. Like, the Trinity, yeah, I didn't yes. Care them either. <sighs> I hate, I hate uh, what's her face, Nana, Nana? Oh, she was the worst. Yeah. She I was absolutely her. the worst. Oh, I was so pissed when she survived throughout season two until you know the end. 
Yeah. Did anybody I, like I the Trinity siblings? Did no. anyone? I don't think I so. I don't think so. I remember like when the show was airing, I used to look on forums and stuff and it was just nothing but negative reception to the Trinity siblings. They had they had well, cool mobile suits. They had cool mobile suits, but the characters themselves are just like they're pretty much made to die. <laughs> yeah, the Gundam thrones were kind of cool. In, in a way, like Ali Al Sachez was a bad guy. He he yeah. was not a good dude, but he, he was kind of cool. He was kind of cool. He was kind of cool. He yeah. was kind of cool. But yeah. Trinity siblings. Oh, there's nothing. There's not. There's nothing good about them except for their Gundams. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Um, when Ali Al Sarchez killed the Trinity brothers, I kind I of hyped. laughed a little bit. I was super <laughs> hyped, man. I was not was, mad. It was, was too mad easy at all. The way he did it too. It was way too easy. I liked it. Yeah, super dope. <laughs> so in general how do you guys feel about season two i kind of feel like the season like the plot with the allos kind of um dragged on for a bit like dragged on too long like i don't feel there was yeah. a massive drop in quality from season one but i do did feel you like, like they did that three three that three month time skip in the middle of the season yeah that was a bit the, weird uh, the um what was it the uh the coup d'etat yeah I thought that was weird too, because like it happened in like the middle of the episode. I was like, "What the what the hell? This is so weird." I I think we could have done without that at least, because yeah. that was a little uh, out of there. Guys, guys, we we cannot go without talking about season two, without arguably the best character come up in in Gundam modern history, and that of course is <laughs> Mister Bushido. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't it ain't a Gundam show without a mass character. And it's not Raymaker. And not only tradition. was he not only was he a masked character, he was also a super Japanophone. Yeah, who, he was. Who walked around everywhere in a samurai robe. Yeah. And, yeah. And lived by the code of the Bushido and only wanted an honorable battle with Setsuna. Oh boy. He's he's like overly obsessed with the Gundams in season one. It's crazy. Like he's a classic yeah. Hollywood movie trope. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, is. season two <laughs> he wanted his he wanted his honor back pretty much yeah pretty much he's basically... as the kids say nowadays he wanted the salty run back that's all <laughs> yeah. he wanted he's basically tom cruise from the last samurai do you guys remember that film oh, oh my yeah god yeah oh, dude. God. <laughs> <sighs> damn oh boy but yeah uh, so season two, I think it had a noticeable drop in quality, but the drop wasn't like bad I enough to make it that was said back in the day too. Like for whatever yeah. reason, people like hated a lot of season two. I feel like I think it was the way was... they wrapped up some things, especially yeah. with um, ribbons. His his revelation, my jaw dropped when that like when that when he revealed that he was piloting the old Gundam. When uh, sets in the first song, yeah, yeah, in uh, the well, yeah. the very end, yeah. I remember watching because I just rewatched Double O weeks ago, yeah, and it was like, oh my god, that's the RX seventy eight dash two. What the? Yeah, hell? literally, yeah, literally, the drive. Yep, <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too. I was like, oh, when the previews for Double uh, O came out before the show started, I thought this was gonna take place like someplace after the Universal Century or like sometime before maybe because. You know, they show the old Gundam just in the air in that very first scene. So that's what I thought, but of course not. (laughs) So wait, does that mean if the old Gundam that was piloted by Ribbons Allmark 
may or mm-hmm. may not be the RX-78-2. Does that mean the Universal Century is also in our timeline? Could be. Could well be. <laughs> Yoshiyuki Tomino has never said you know, it's not. You know, they said the Universal Century technically is taking place in our timeline. It's just, I forget how far into the future. Spoilers! <laughs> nah, not spoilers. <laughs> if you uh, haven't watched Gundam Unicorn already. Spoilers! <laughs> But then again, everything's supposed to is supposedly supposed to lead up to, you know, turn A Gundam, even though that doesn't make sense because that's been retcon here and there. Yeah, turn A got retconned by Recon Conquista in G, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, people still find ways to like fit it in, but I just think I don't know. It, like, it really shot itself in the foot with that one, especially like putting in the archive footage of all, of all the other uh, Gundam series. But that's a discussion for another day. That is a discussion for another day. Yes, <laughs> that's that's too that's too uh, that's gonna hurt my head talking about it right now. What I um, wanted to bring up was um, is it a new returner? Oh, a I new forgot returner. about a new returner. She was so like, how on earth? How stupid did celestial being have to be to fall for that? Like, seriously? Yeah. Oh, hey, there's this pretty girl who's super stoic comes from nowhere once again for everyone out there that has already watched zeta gundam uh, i i hate to trigger all of you out there and say the name for mirasame oh god yeah yeah i know i'm sorry i'm sorry i know camille's obsession yeah god so uh, again another parallel with with zeta gundam (laughs) And poor yeah. Lyle, poor Lyle. He, yeah, I was just about to himself, say something about that. He found himself a lady. Some love. And he did. Yeah. T- turned out she was an innovate. Yeah. Yeah. And Cessna killed her. And yeah. he was pissed off. Yeah, Lyle <laughs> was pretty pissed. He was all up yeah. in them cheeks one moment, and next moment she was dead. Yeah. <laughs> she deserved it. And Cessna, to his it. credit, to Setsuna's credit, he was completely understanding. Like, if if you want to yeah, beat me up, if if you want to shoot me, if you want to beat me up, I just killed your girl. I I understand. So do what you got to do. The thing is, Lyle Lyle, Lyle wasn't going to do it, so Setsuna had to. Someone yeah, had, had to. to. Do it. Somebody had to, or else they would have yeah. all died. Yep. He was, and, and then he was like, "Go ahead and get it out of your system, dude." Just, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, another thing I want to bring up is um, Celestial Being really weren't on the ball this season. Like, did they ever pick up that Lyle was secretly a member of Catheron the entire season? Or was that, like, just completely glossed over? I forget. I think it was dropped because... Um, actually, I don't even know if it was dropped. I know Setsuna knew that he was a member. That was it, because he straight up said, told to Setsuna, he's like, oh, I could just leak this to my boys with the USB that you just gave me. But um, I forget... Oh, they joined forces with Catheron and, and um, because uh, what's her face? Marini Ismail, Ismail's um, servant, whatever the hell her name yeah, was. She became a glasses. member as well. Yeah, she was a member. And then yeah. they, if they ever mentioned at that point, like Lyle was part of them or not, I forget. Uh, I, I don't think they did. That's what but, sucks um, about the, that's what, yeah, that's what sucks about the special edition movies because um, it's just straight like fighting and battles and all that stuff. They don't really focus that much on uh, the story. What's being, yeah. yeah That's pop. why I couldn't like, re- I couldn't really watch it. I tried to watch the first, um, the first special edition movie. I'm like, they're just like 
burning through episodes of just fights, 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 and fights. It's there's like no, there's no like, not much gen- story. Yeah, there's no flow to it. It was really weird, and I was like, I don't remember the special edition movies being like this bad. So there, there's that. Um, what I was gonna say is like Celestial being failed, but um, back to the Catherine thing that like, they failed to do any like background checks on him. I guess maybe that what maybe the writers were foreshadowing um, Celestial being being taken in and tricked by a new returner. Maybe that yeah. was foreshadowing. I don't know. Maybe or like at the same time, I just I feel like they're just so desperate to get someone to take uh, Lock On's place. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So now the final battle. How did you guys feel about that? Like, how do you feel that the season was wrapped up? Did it have a satisfying conclusion or um, could it have done a lot more? Did it leave you wanting? It definitely let me want, left, left us wanting more because, you know, the movie. <laughs> um, the, the movie did happen. Yeah, the movie, the movie did happen. Um, I like the ending of the show, though. I did. It left it, at, it left it more as an open ending, if anything. But um, I feel like we could use one more episode to wrap things up because... It mostly focused on Setsuna and Ribbons and their final battle. Well, two of their final battles because it was a two-part thing. But then after that, um, you know, they just fly off to Jupiter and that was it. I think that it wrapped up a few of the minor things. And yeah. it put the, the major storylines in a pretty decent place. So as yeah. far as an ending, it was okay. I felt satisfied with the ending, and I didn't expect any more because sometimes you just can't do that. So I felt like mm-hmm. the ending was overall okay. Yeah. And going back to the the the, the ending, um, at least the final episode, when um, Ribbons revealed that he was piloting the Ogun, that was like... I was not expecting that at all, but then... I guess like you, you start putting two and two together and then you finally see that, yeah, it makes sense. And like, he was just like taunting sets and he's like, I'm the very thing that you looked up to. How do you feel now? <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. your God. You're a dick and I'm still going to kill you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that final battle was so sweet though. Like how sets and I jumped. Cause obviously the double O razor was like completely obliterated the way he like yeah. jumped back into the X year repair too. And then completely like um, impaled. Well, obviously they impale each other's cockpits, but um, obviously Setsuna survives and Ribbons doesn't. But that Mm -hmm. final battle, wow, man! I think it might be one of my favorite battles. Yeah, with the sword play. My goodness, it's amazing. I think it might be my favorite final battle in all of Gundam history. If I'm keeping it one hundred, nice. I don't like Zeta Gundam's final battle. <laughs> uh, Zeta Gundam's final battle is rough. I would probably say... <laughs> I don't like it. Gundam Double O's is up there for me, but it's probably yeah. still right now Gundam Seed right now. Just oh, off yeah. the top of my head. Gundam Seed was crazy with their final battle because like, they just like... Everybody was going all out. Is that a battle from um, Seed or Seed Destiny? Seed. Oh, okay, seed. cool. Not... I did not say destiny. <laughs> Let me make that clear. He he don't he doesn't mention destiny. I guess that travesty, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, Double O's final fight. Uh, that's definitely up there for me too. I want to say IBO's final fight also is up there for me as well. But I'm not going to spoil that for you, Ash, because you're still watching. 
I skipped ahead and watched it already. I've oh, seen, you already yeah. did? Yeah. All right, so you know what happens. You know what happens. Yeah, then. I know what happens. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Poor, when poor I like Mikazuki. Bosses, man. Yeah. Yeah. He should have stayed alive, but, you know. He's got a son. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite the same, but, you know. Yeah. So, guys, final thoughts on Double O? Everyone um, should watch it. Yeah, everybody should definitely watch it. It's uh, and I say everyone, just an, as an anime in general, not yeah. just for Gundam. I, I believe it is, it is the gateway to Gundam. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, definitely. You can, arguably, that or uh, Build Fighters, one of those two, definitely. But Double O is like I hold it in a very high regard, and it has like a special place for me. So, um, yeah, watch it, people. <laughs> uh, for me, I feel that this is how you do a strong plot-driven series, right? Without sacrificing character development. Um, it was extremely topical back then. It's still extremely topical and relevant to this very day. Um, even though it's been 11 years since it, well, almost 11 years since it first aired. Our- are we going to talk about Awakening of the Trailblazer, gentlemen? Yeah, yeah, in a minute. <laughs> All right. Okay, cool. Um, even though it's been 11 years since it, um, since Double O, the series aired, um, it still holds up to this very day, not just as a Gundam series, but as an anime in general. So go watch it. You have been, you've been ordered to, basically. <laughs> so... Next, we're going to cover Awakening of the Trailblazer, the um, Gundam 00 movie. DJM, hit me. I was expecting Awakening of the Trailblazer to be an absolute train wreck along the lines of Dragon Ball Evolution. What I ended (laughs) up getting was a movie that was eh, not terrible and pretty good visually. Along yeah. the lines of the Ghost in the Shell 2017 movie, in that it was oh not not terrible but not great. Right, yeah, it was in the middle for me too. Like, I had a lot of expectations for the movie, but they were like, I was reading spoilers and everything from Japan, and I was like, oh, this sounds kind of, eh. And when I actually watched the movie, I was just like, wow, that's like, it's kind of mid. <laughs> um, I recently watched. Waking over the Trailblazer twice, so yeah, I thought it was good as an anime movie in general. But I didn't think it was a very good Gundam movie. Um, the plot was great, aesthetically, it's incomparable. Like it still holds up eight years later. The visuals are absolutely beautiful. The new Gundams are mid as fuck. Uh, I don't like the Double O Quanta yeah. at all. Trash, big trash. I don't. I, I don't really remember what it looks like. <laughs> I don't like the asymmetrical look to it. To be honest, I I can't I can't get behind that look. I like they, its they weapons, but that's about it. Sorry, go on. They gave out. They gave. They traded out the twin drive system for that man. Unforgivable. You know, you know technically, it does actually still have a twin drive system. The second yeah. DN drive is in the shield. The, yeah, that's true. Uh, so, but yeah. uh, the way they like repositioned it, I guess. Yeah, the Raphael Gundam is also, like, super big trash. Oh my god, it's terrible. Didn't even have side daggers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I think the only one I actually like is, I think it's Harute, which is um, Alleluia's new machine. I mean, obviously, as you know, I have a thing for transformable Gundams, so that's great. Yeah. But the fact it actually managed to um, combine Arios and the GN Archer into one unit and not look like complete mess was a win for me, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. So, all in all, Awakening the Trailblazer was, to me, a good anime film. Um, it went on for a bit too long, though. It did not need to be two hours long, uh, but oh, not yeah, that great a Gundam movie. Guys, final it thoughts? Re- it, it reaffirms why Setsuna FCA is the GOAT. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I, I thought it was not nearly as terrible as I expected it to be. Okay. Cool. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So what we're going to do now is we have one Twitter question to answer that I saved um, from the last episode because this one's double O related. And then we'll wrap up. Sounds good? Cool. Yeah. Cool. So um, this question is for um, Thaliarchus. Um, who says, aha, okay, thank you. I guess when it started, Double O had some elements which felt quite ripped from the headlines. I guess that even extended to using our own calendar. Um, does it still feel like it has any contemporary resonance in 2018, or has the aspect of the show aged now? DJM? Are there still conflicts in the Middle East? Definitely. Check. Are, are there still tensions between the western world and other major superpowers check oh especially today yeah definitely hell yes oh my god are gundams yeah. still cool yeah hell yeah hell yeah i i, I think it holds up it yeah it does fives definitely holds up i'd say the same it definitely holds up you know uh there's nothing really crazy to talk about but you know it's still it's still um it's still with the times I'll say. Absolutely. Still resonates 11 years later. And now I'm not going to change And one last soon. thing. Yep, go on. Marina Ismail is nowhere near as bad as Relina Peacecraft. Oh, absolutely. I know. Not I, even I, close. I, like, I, I like Marina better. Yeah. Pretty much like Relina Peacecraft. Prefer, did, you guys prefer the, did you guys prefer the manga ending to Awakening of the Trailblazer? I or don't the, know the that, manga ending. Okay, so Setsuna, the same thing happens. Setsuna visits uh, Marina like years into the future again when she's old. Oh, okay. But and she's she's blind, so oh no way. Yeah, she be she she eventually becomes blind and very old, and then but yeah. in the manga ending, um, Setsuna pretty yeah, much they get married, de-ages, right? De- yeah, he de-ages her, and then they both get married. Yeah. And oh. Happily after. Oh. <laughs> 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 Didn't they say throughout the series every time it, it wasn't like that? Them, yeah, they, yeah. Those uh, two definitely kind of wanted to fuck. He didn't they like definitely like wanted that. to fuck. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll but, stick with the movie ending. Yeah, Have either of you read anything from the Gundam Wing sequel, Frozen Teardrop? No, not I've yet. Heard, no. Oh, I have not. But I've, I've I've just seen a few of the mobile suits. Is it bad? The, the the ending is. Oh really? Oh my god! We don't really mind spoilers, so you can tell us if you want to. Yeah, you can tell us what happens. I'm never, I'm never yeah. gonna read it. So, if you've seen <laughs> the ending of Gundam Wing, 
Okay. Where yeah. Hito leaves a note for Relena. Yep, we have. At the end of Frozen Teardrop, uh, I believe he does that again. And it's a marriage note. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Jesus. Dude, jeez. That's whack. I'll, That's I'll whack stick group. with the ending in the movie, Awakening. Laser. <laughs> That's a yeah. big trash. I am definitely not reading Frozen Teardrop now. <laughs> I had no, no plans to out read there. it, to be honest. Watch Gundam 00, watch Zeta Gundam, do not read Frozen Teardrop. Pretty much, yeah. you heard it here from DJM himself. So, guys, guys watch, Gu- watch Gundam X too. Yeah. I've yet to see that. It's on my list, it's on my list. After IBO. I think it's highly you. underrated. I'm like halfway through it right now, and it's like, wow. Gundam X is good. It is yeah. good. Just good, not great. Like, it was... Well, I feel like it was... Obviously, it was cut way too short before its time, but... yeah. It was definitely underrated for sure. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna check it out. It takes like it takes like small it takes a few like little aspects from the original Gundam and okay. puts it into like its own spin. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I need to watch the original Kiddo Senshi Gundam first and then I'll watch X. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So guys, uh thank you for listening. That is the end of the episode. DJM, would you like to tell the people where they can find you on the interwebs? Well, if you would be so inclined as to follow me on the Twitter Twitter, you can do that at please <laughs> call me DJM. Also, everybody, there's the anime podcast of some sort, which is in iTunes, Stitcher, Google. It's pretty much everywhere. Just look for the anime podcast of some sort. You can play it on any podcatcher of choice. There's the Record Breakers podcast, and there's It's in Season coming back in fall of 2018. And God, I do so many of them. Uh, DeltaJulietMike.com. And of course, one more time at Please Call Me DJM. Uh, DJM is two nerdy black guys coming back anytime soon. Sorry, I'm just fanboying a little bit. Um, <laughs> I feel like that that is a, a great question. But I feel like the last episode of Two Nerdy Black Guys we did, I feel like we ended it on a pretty strong note. I feel like it had a strong ending. Yeah. So Two Nerdy Black Guys has always been kind of open-ended, but I'm very satisfied with it. Okay, cool. I guess that answers um, my question. Sentai 5, where can the fans find the Buildcasters on the interwebs? You can find us on Twitter at Buildcasters, and you can find us on YouTube at Legion of Boom. We have our YouTube channel on there. And you can find us also on SoundCloud at Legion of Boom. That's L-E-G-1-0-N of Boom. Uh, We're on something else, aren't we? You can also find us on Anchor, uh, Uh, which is a a great podcasting app um, that can be found on iOS. And that's anchor.fm forward slash build hyphen casters. Uh, you can find Sentai 5 on Twitter at Sentai 5. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Macabre Chat. And we're on a whole host of um, podcatchers. We're on Castbox, we're on Overcast, we're on Pocketcast, oh, yeah. Podbeam, Radio Public, Stitcher, <laughs> and TuneIn. So, yeah. You can find us everywhere podcasts are available, basically. Um, so that's it. We're going to set down our GP bases and build casters out. Battle ended. Battle ended. <laughs> <laughs>